All right, my friends, I need you all to close your eyes and picture this. No, really, unless you're driving or doing something important. Okay, imagine this. A day filled with music, engaging conversations about dating and partnership, and loads of fun. You liking that vibe? Well, you're in luck. Mark your calendars for Saturday, October 21st, 2023, because Black Love Inc. is bringing you their highly anticipated annual marquee event to Atlanta. Look, it's early. Make your plans. You need to get to the ATL. Celebrating six years of fostering love, unity, and growth within the Black community, this year's summit promises to be bigger and better than ever. Black Love has got a star-studded lineup of high-profile talent, signature panels, and compelling conversations that will leave you inspired and empowered. Founded by the visionaries behind the Black Love docuseries and my friends, Tommy and Cody Elaine Oliver, this event brings together renowned couples from the show and talented individuals from the extended Black Love family. Join us as we dive into candid and honest conversations about love, partnership, and building a thriving community. All right, go back to your imagination. You know you don't want that FOMO, friends. Don't miss out on this chance to connect with like-minded individuals by the wisdom and experiences shared at Black Love Summit. Grab your tickets now at blacklove.com slash summit and get ready for a day of celebration and community. Welcome back, friends. You are listening to Parenting for the Culture on the Black Love Podcast Network. And I am your host, Cherise Sims, mama to six beautiful heavens, five girls, and one boy who is steady asking for another boy, which he's not getting in this household. So if any of y'all have like five-year-old boys and live in or near LA, hit me up (laughs) because my son is drowning in girls and looking for some boys. If you listen, you know that I love to start with the peak and pit of my day. It's something that I do with my family. It just opens up conversation into one another's day. It allows us to connect with each other. So I like to share my peak and pit with my family and community here on Parenting for the Culture. And the peak of my day is none other than the fact that pumpkin spice lattes are back. Don't roll your eyes. Don't laugh. I actually know that none of y'all rolled your eyes because you are my people And I know we're all toasting pumpkin spice lattes together. (laughs) The pit of my day is that I was in a car accident recently and it was a pretty bad car accident. My car was totaled and three of my children were in the car and I am definitely having the residual emotional and mental effects of being in a car accident. And I find myself like in the moment, I'm like, oh my God. What do I do? I don't want to drive on the roads anymore. I got to get all my kids to school. I need a new car. Do I wait on insurance? Do I buy a car first? Do I get my car out of the collision yard? When is AAA going to call me back? Do I need to call my insurance company? Right. I'm just going through like all these thoughts and emotions of all the things that I have to do. And I realize that I really need to just stop, pause and prioritize the needs and the steps of what I need to do to move on with my life in a productive, peaceful, positive way. The peak and pit of my day bring me to what we are talking about today. 
the same way that I need to prioritize the process of getting a new car is the same thing that so many of us parents need to do when we are met with challenging moments with our children. And the same way that my brain in this situation listed 15 of the things I need to do, your brain is listing 15 of the things you want your child to learn in a moment. I actually recently got a DM saying, what do I do? Any tips for what I do when my child gets mad and he yells and he hits and he screams at me, right? And I know and I can hear that this parent, like so many parents, is thinking to themselves, my child is throwing things, they can't throw things. My child can't regulate themselves, they need to regulate. And they have so many things that they want their child to reach in that moment that as a parent, it becomes overwhelming because we have all of these goals that we want our tiny humans to learn. And in these moments, we kind of forget the fact that we have 18 to 25 years. Well, I'll say 18, right? But let's be honest, your children are like still coming back into their 20s. But we have a solid 18 years to teach our children certain lessons, certain morals, right? So when we are in these moments, we don't have to teach them all or even every lesson that this moment might call for. But we do need to learn how to prioritize what we want to teach them in those moments and when we can teach them the other things. So the first thing we do when we're prioritizing the lessons that we want to teach our children, for me, I always think about safety. Safety is the number one priority. And I think that you've heard me say it before, and I'm going to say it again, is that when I talk about safety, I am talking about physical and environmental safety. I am talking about mental safety and emotional safety. Why is safety first? I think that's obvious. We cannot teach any other lesson aside from safety if people are hurt, because then we got to tend to the wound, right? Like we can't teach anything if anybody is harmed, if it is unsafe. And if someone is feeling emotionally unsafe or mentally unsafe, they are not going to receive any lecture, any lesson, any tools or tips or any of those things that you're trying to give them. And when I'm saying prioritize the lesson, when I say safety, I'm not talking about teaching safety. I'm talking about making sure that it is a safe space in the moment. So if your child is hitting, that might look like holding your child's arms and saying, I won't let you hit right now. This doesn't meet our need for safety. If your child is crying or screaming, it might look like just sitting with your child until they calm down, until they are emotionally safe. For you yourself, one of the things I hear parents talk about is like, you yourself staying calm. Now, a question I get a lot when it comes to like safety, creating a safe space, that requires us as the parents to stay calm in these moments. I hear a lot of parents saying like, I'm new to gentle parenting. I'm trying to gentle parent. I'm trying to stay calm, but I cannot keep myself regulated. I cannot keep myself calm in these challenging moments when my child loses it. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me that I can't keep it together? I want to let you know that nothing is wrong with you. I really want you to believe that nothing is wrong with you. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of something called mirror neurons, but they are something in our brain that literally mirrors what we see and what we observe. 
So if you are watching a child who is having a meltdown, having a tantrum, having these big emotions, most likely what you are observing is someone who is in some way fighting, right? Arms are flailing, voices raised, they're yelling. The mirror neurons in your brain are going to say, oh, do that same thing. Now, nothing's wrong with you if this happens. This is actually a survival part of our brain that helps us to stay safe, right? Let's say you're like walking down the street and you see a mob of people running in the opposite direction. Most likely, you are going to turn around and run. Like, you're not going to wait to find out what happened. You see people running and screaming and going in a certain direction. You're going to go too. You're not going to stop and tap in and stay calm and be like, oh, I wonder what's going on. Let me ask questions. That's not the moment to get curious, right? You're going to run to safety. So your brain having this response to your child and their big emotions is a completely normal, appropriate, and dare I even say like a good response. It means that your brain is on point and it's doing what it needs to do. Now, what you need to be able to do is to look at the situation and tell yourself, This is not an emergency. You may see someone acting like they're in an emergency and the mirror neurons in your brain are going to say you are also in an emergency. You're going to watch someone fighting and feeling unsafe and your brain is going to say, oh, you got to fight and you're feeling unsafe. You can pause. Pause and do if you've listened to past episodes, you know that we've talked about regulation techniques and breathing techniques. This is that moment where you're going to pause, take a deep breath in through your nose, hold it, and then breathe out longer than you breathe in. This is that tool that helps reset your nervous system, helps you to re-regulate so that you can take a moment and tell yourself, I'm safe. My child is safe. This is not an emergency. Now, I want you to say that again. This is not an emergency. That is one of the greatest affirmations that you are going to tell yourself in challenging moments with your children. Because one thing that we constantly do, and it it causes us to misprioritize the lesson in the situation, is that we address all situations as if they're an emergency, right? Our child gets mad and they throw milk on the floor. We immediately go to like a steaming level of anger, but our body is saying it's an emergency, fix it right now. And we all know the expression, it's just spilt milk. But how often do we actually practice that expression? If your child was mad and threw milk on the floor, it is just spilt milk. Now, if your child is mad and spilt milk on the floor and now is jumping up and down and you're worried that they're going to slip and hurt themselves, we go to number one, prioritizing the lesson, safety. We're going to move our child's body, throw a towel over the milk. A lot of us want to move right into, no, and they have to clean up their mess and this, this and that. Is that a necessary part of the lesson right now? Right now, it is safety, staying calm. Our calmness is going to help that confidence that we've spoken about in other episodes, right? We are the confident still waters to our child's storm. So us staying calm is what's going to help them to regulate, which is the next thing that we want to do. In the prioritization of what we're teaching our children, one of the Greatest lessons that we are going to constantly and on repeat be teaching our children for these 18 years. And quite honestly, it's the biggest, greatest lesson that you can teach them is how to regulate their bodies. So we've made sure they're safe. We have made sure we are calm. Now we are helping our child to calm down. We are regulating their body. 
And the reason that this is so important, and again, the reason why I say that this is probably the main lesson over these 18 years you have with your child that you're going to teach them is because their ability to self-regulate one day, it's going to be the door to every other lesson on the other side of that door. I think of it kind of like when I was in college, I had a bank account. It was an ING bank account. I don't know if y'all remember ING. (laughs) I don't even know if they're around anymore. But I had a bank account, got into some emergency situation in college. I don't even remember what it was. And I needed a few thousand dollars like that day immediately to solve my problem. And I was like, cool, I got a few thousand dollars in my bank account. Let me go get it. Went to my bank account online, tried to transfer the money. They were like, oh, no, thank you for your business. It's going to take five to seven days to transfer this money. And I was like, no, I need it now. (laughs) Right. That wire transfer period of time, that is like what regulation is. Your child, you may have given them tips and tools and they may have all kinds of resources. They may be smart in doing their homework and whatever else. If they cannot regulate, they cannot access all of the other things they need for however long, five to seven days, whatever period of time it takes them to regulate their bodies, they cannot access their prior deposits until they have learned to regulate. So this skill and this lesson is probably the most important one. And we've talked in previous episodes about how to help our children learn regulation skills. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, please go back and listen to those episodes. So we've talked about number one, safety. Number two, staying calm and regulating you and your child. Number three, you're going to validate your child. This is in part helping them regulate also, right? And this is one of the things that we struggle with the most. Because we think that validating means that we're telling them it's okay they're behaving this way. We're not telling them it's okay they're behaving this way. We're telling them it's okay that they're feeling this way. And in validating, we want to also teach them alternative coping skills and communication strategies for how to feel this way in a positive, healthy way. I think a lot of times when we validate a child, we worry that we're going to tell them it's okay. And again, like we go far. (laughs) We have a list of things that we think we need to do in the moment, right? One thing that I hear a lot of times, especially in the Black community, is we have this fear that if our child doesn't listen to us right now, show us respect right now, stop right now, that one day they're going to be in a situation where a police officer is telling them to stop and that's going to be their life, right? That is a heavy burden to carry, And I'm not saying that that is or is not a valid fear. As a Black mother, it's definitely a fear that I have. It's something that I have to think about. But the truth is that in a moment where my child is mad that they didn't get the color cup they wanted, so they threw the plate, if all I have is that moment to save their life from the cops in 10 years, like, nobody's okay, right? (laughs) These issues that we think about They're so much larger than the moment. And if we are concerned about these larger issues, it's going to take so much more than just that moment. So in this moment, we got to validate their feelings. We got to teach them how to cope with their feelings because these feelings aren't going anywhere. These feelings are human, natural feelings that our child is going to have as adolescents, teenagers, adults, senior citizens. So what we're giving them 
is the coping tools and the communication strategies for how to have these feelings in a positive way. So now we've talked about number one, safety. Number two, staying calm, regulating yourself and regulating your child. Number three, we've talked about validating our children and teaching them coping and communication skills. And number four is going to be to set boundaries. Here is where it helps us kind of with that validation part, right? Again, validation is not acceptance. It's showing empathy. Boundaries is saying what we are and are not going to do. Boundaries are not please pick up the cup. Please don't throw the cup. Boundaries are, I'm not going to let you throw that cup. And you're holding on to the cup. You're putting the cup somewhere else so that they can't do that until they have learned to cope with their upset in a healthier way, right? Now, I'm not saying let them throw the cup once they've learned to (laughs) cope better. I'm saying once they've learned to cope better, they can have the cup in front of them because they are not going to throw it. Calling all Black singles and couples, get ready for the ultimate live experience in Atlanta. The date? Saturday, October 21st, 2023 from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Don't miss out on the Black Love Summit presented by Black Love Inc. It's Black Love's sixth year of bringing together love, unity, and growth within the Black community. This summit is bigger and better than ever taking over Atlanta with high-profile talent, signature panels, and compelling conversations that will leave you inspired. Join the creators of the Black Love docuseries, Tommy and Cody Elaine Oliver, and immerse yourself in candid discussions about love, wellness, entrepreneurship, partnership, and community building. This event is all about empowerment and connection. So be a part of the movement and grab your tickets to the Black Love Summit today. Don't wait. Experience the magic of Black Love in Atlanta. Head to blacklove.com slash summit to grab your tickets now. But set boundaries and be careful in this space. I think this is a space where sometimes we make a left turn as parents because as we try to set a boundary, we accidentally invalidate what they're feeling. And a lot of times when we see these big emotions from our children, when we see these challenging behaviors, a lot of times, I mean, there's several reasons. Like I hear a lot of people say, oh, it's because they lack communication skills. So just give them the words. Yes, they lack communication skills. Words and communication strategies are going to help them. Yes, they also lack impulse control. So they're, they're not even thinking about it, right? This isn't like a strategy of theirs to throw things. But also, these are their outward signals to us that something inside of their body doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. Our children are not doing things because they're bad children. They're doing things because they're having a hard time and they're trying to get help. I always use this analogy of a drowning person, right? If somebody is drowning and they're silently drowning, no one's going to see them. No one's going to save them. The drowning person that gets saved is the person that can have their head a little bit above water enough to yell for somebody. Help me. The person who's flailing their arms and making the biggest splashes and biggest waves, right? That's the person who we're going to see and say, oh, they're drowning. Let me go save them. Let me go help them. I would never imagine a time that someone would be drowning and someone else would save them and be like, why did you just drown? 
Look at all this water you splashed everywhere while you were flailing your arms trying to get help. Why'd you do that? Right? We wouldn't get mad at a drowning person for drowning. We'd help them. When our children are having large emotions, they are drowning in their emotions. When we hear them yelling, they're yelling for help. When we see them kicking and punching and hitting, they are flailing their arms and legs just trying to stay afloat all of these emotions that are going on in their body. So when you see it, yes, set boundaries. We are not throwing cups. We are not hitting people. I got to hold your arms until you can manage your body safely. I got to keep the toys away if you're throwing them. I got to move your body out of this room if you're hurting people because our number one thing is safety. This isn't safe for us right now. We are going to change this situation so that we are safe right now. We can hold boundaries, but we can also still hold that validation and say, I see you're having a really hard time right now. I see this is hard for you. We always try to talk about the reason why. All we have to know is like they are having a hard time. You don't have to agree with why they are, why they aren't. They just are. So make sure you set your boundaries and you hold your boundaries, but you still hold on to that validation piece because that is the thing that's going to help them to stay regulated stay calm, and get to a place where you can teach them the list of other lessons that you want to teach them. After we've set boundaries, we want to model what we want to see in them. So this means like the way that we talk to them, the way that we're interacting physically with them, our distance for them, most likely you're irritated as well. I find myself sometimes sharing that with my children. I see you're really upset right now. I understand that. I actually feel really upset too. I'm going to take a breath to calm myself down. I wonder if you'd like to take a breath also. So sometimes it's about modeling the behavior. Sometimes they threw that cup of milk on the floor and we think that in that moment they need to be the ones to clean it up. And I'm not saying they can't be, right? Sometimes, yes, that's how the lesson's going to go. They're going to be a part of that cleanup process. Other times they might be so upset that we just can't make it to safety, number one, where in that moment, they're not going to learn to clean up after themselves right now. In that moment, I might, as I said earlier, need to get the towel and clean that up, right? But I am modeling it for them and they are seeing me. So I'm still teaching them. I'm just teaching them in a different way. And another time, maybe I'm inviting them to come help me wash the floors in a moment where they're calm. Maybe I'm saying, hey, remember when that milk spilled on the floor? I think our floors are a little sticky. I want to wash them now. So maybe you can come and wash with me and help me wash. And this leads me to the last point, which is to like reflect and discuss after the situation. So often we talk about doing these things outside of the moment, right? So after you have made sure that you've created a safe space, after everybody has regulated themselves, felt validated, maybe been given a few of those coping tools, after we've set the boundaries of how to keep the safe space and we've modeled the behavior, now we're in that connected space where we can have a conversation with our children and really set the tone and the expectations. Again, I say again because we have talked about this in previous episodes, but this is the space where maybe it's bedtime. And I I think that I often say bedtime. I'm saying that because for me personally, bedtime is sometimes a space where we are very comfortable. It's a very calm environment. We've got our lavender diffuser going and I can have these conversations with my children. But I also recognize that some conversations, some situations 
were so stressful that I'm not going to bring these back up at bedtime because they may re-stress my child out. So I want you to be considerate and conscious and aware of when you try to readdress this and have the conversations with your child. Maybe this is like on the way to a park where you're driving in the car on your way to a park so that if the conversation feels stressful again, you have a chance to blow off steam. Your child has a chance to run it out, climb and play and change the feeling of it, right? Maybe you specifically carve out time to go on an ice cream date where you're eating ice cream and you say, hey, you know, the other day when you were really upset with me and you hit me and you told me you hated me, that actually really hurt in my feelings. But I realize that your feelings had to have been really hurt to say something like that to me. Could we talk about that? Right. So outside of the moment, after you've done all these other things, when your child is in a cool, calm and collected space where they can more easily tap into that part of the brain that is least developed. <laughs> like we are always trying to go straight to the part of the brain that that needs logic and reasoning. They don't have that, right? That is the last part of their brain to mature. So if we're going to call on that part of the brain, we got to make sure that all of the other things are taken care of, that they are happy, that they are peaceful, they are calm, they are regulated, and they are connected to us. Those are those moments that we can start to teach them the other lessons. And then we find other moments where maybe if we see a repeated pattern where we feel disrespected, maybe we have other moments where we go to a library and read books about what respect looks like. Maybe we have a game where we are playing, I don't know, restaurant, right? And somebody's the waiter or the server and somebody's the the person who's sitting down and eating dinner. And these are moments where we can show and teach how do we respect one another? How do we model that? Maybe we're worried about our child being kind or thoughtful. So maybe we spend a moment to make muffins for our neighbor and take them over to our neighbor. This goes back to like modeling behavior, the way that we're going to teach our child lessons. And if you take a moment to notice, the things that stress you out the most in the moment are these larger lessons. They are these concepts of respect, kindness, appreciation. These things are larger because they take more time to teach. They take more examples, more modeling. So use all of the outside moments to continuously be teaching how to respect people, how to respect people's spaces, how to be kind and thoughtful of one another. And then in the moment, in the challenging moments, just focus on like safety, regulation, and connection. And if you need any more help with these concepts and how to prioritize the lesson, I want to invite you to join me in the Parenting for the Culture podcast club. That is a space where we have parents who are building community, sharing thoughts and ideas. We also meet on Zoom. So after you hear the podcast being released on a Thursday, we meet on a Friday and can talk face to face. So join that. That's actually your homework for this week is to go join the Parenting for the Culture podcast club and introduce yourself so we can get to know one another and we can learn together how to work on these skills, tools, and how we build them and teach them, not just in ourselves, but also with our children. So I thank you all for being here I love that you guys keep coming back. I love that you're sharing the podcast with friends. I thank you and I appreciate you and I look forward to seeing you in other spaces. 
If you have a question for me or for the podcast, you can email your questions at podcasts with an S at blacklove.com, or you can DM me on Instagram at Cherie Sims. There's actually also a form right here in the show notes that you can fill out if you have any questions for us. I love your questions. Send them in. It helps me to serve you better and it helps community because none of us are alone in our questions or our challenges in parenting. So send your questions in and keep coming back. Happy parenting, friends. Thank you.